Welcome to Arts Underground. I'm Katie Ganaway. It's a great day to move and shake. This is heavy on the hips. And then when you when you see it go like this, it's very quick. We are at the Tamari Orai Polynesian Dance Studio today, and owner Cielo Strastenko and dancers Cheryl, Jacqueline, Tess, Maria, and Gaylene are performing a Tahitian Ori, or dance, with their bright orange ees. These are like pom-poms made of the same material as Polynesian grass skirts. As we will hear from Cielo, this studio is a manifestation of fond memories she has of dancing and teaching Polynesian dance with her mother growing up. To her dancers, like Cheryl Payne, this medium represents one beautiful adventure. It's just so beautiful in the interpretation of the music and the words and the cultural aspect. It, it's just so pretty. And honestly, you know, the little five-year-old little girl in me, like if she could look back, she would say, you're such a pretty lady. And I I, I just want to make her proud. So I try to dance as, you know, consciously as I can. Now, among the different styles of dance that you've learned, there is a lot of story and culture behind that. What have you learned that's most struck you, most interested you, uh, beyond the dance moves that you've learned within each culture? The interpretation of the style. There is a very gentle, demure uh, style of hula, and then there's a little bit more of an aggressive, it's just more powerful, and I really like that uh, type of kahiko dance. So as a Polynesian dancer, you wear a lot of different costumes. You use a lot of different objects to go with your dances. What is your absolute favorite uh, one to do? My absolute favorite item to use. I really like our ees. Most people might say your pom-poms, but no, the the ees. I just like that extra little flair that they add. And if if I have to pick... uh, the costume type. I love my long black Tahitian grass skirt. It's my favorite. I I shake harder when I wear that. Is there a certain type of music or costume or anything that's very empowering to you? The kind of uh, music where I hear them do more chanting and just learning some of the language and, you know, my own personal research, just learning the importance of the chant, basically their prayer, and then just interpreting it through movement. I love it. It's beautiful. Does that translate out into any other facet of your life? I know you told me there's another type of dance that you teach. It does because I value what I learn here so much and the sisterhood of, you know, all the dancers. Um, I, I do try to extend that, you know, in, in my other extracurriculars and even to my work life and personal life. So it, it's a good foundation that I'm learning here. And if somebody listening were interested in coming and trying Polynesian dance, what would you say to give them that little extra push? Come on. (laughs) But honestly, I mean, like, what better way to feel welcomed into a group than get a chee-hoo? What is a chee-hoo? It's just like that cry that you're like, yahoo, or (laughs) yahoo, just chee-hoo. And if you could describe Polynesian dance in a few words, what would those be? 
it's gentle and it really relies on you kind of showing your soul just enough, you know, because you want to bring in your audience, but also making an emotional, happy journey, you know, for them to enjoy it with you. And that humble welcoming extends beyond the performances to anyone who arrives at the studio door. Posted across the windows outside are greetings in multiple languages associated with the different dances offered at Tamari Orai. A quick note, Cielo's voice may sound a little hoarse. That's due to the wacky weather we've been having here in North Alabama. There are more than five, but they're all that I could fit on the window. Aloha, of course, in Hawaiian is uh, hello. In Tahitian, it's yorana. In Maori, in New Zealand, Aotearoa, kia ora. Malo elele is Tongan, and talofa is Samoan, and Fiji is bula. You were telling me earlier that you sort of got your roots in dance over in California with your mother. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Always my mom included me in her adventures with dancing. We did ballet, jazz, tap. She did it separately when she was younger, and I also when I was younger. We did ballet and jazz, uh, jazz and tap together in California. And one day, this is pre-Google times, of course, she opened the phone book it's a book with all these uh, names for the younger generation. Obviously, I'm I'm aging myself here. Um, and she saw Polynesian Dance Studio. She said, let's try this. And we did. And I don't know, we, we stuck with it. And before we knew it, it was 15, 20 years later. And we were still at it. I love it. I, I'm fascinated by it. I'm always researching to teach more to my students and also for me to learn more. And it is also what I've noticed is it's also evolving, just like everything, everything's language and whatnot. And it continues to evolve, so I have to be on top of that as well so that they are getting what they should be getting. At what point did you begin teaching Polynesian dance and how did that make it over from California to here in Madison, Alabama? When my mom decided to start our own Polynesian studio or group, we started as a group. Of course, it's in the garage that was set up as a studio. We were teaching already, and she would have me do warm-ups with our students. And then when I got married, actually, I got married right before my mom opened up the studio. So anytime we were in California, I would take over with teaching So I had a little bit of a foundation already. When I married my husband in 1994, um, he was in the military. So we did a lot of moving around. And with that, I was able to find different studios. And it was never long-term because I'd always find them too late. Usually I was with them three months because we were moving to the next place. So I got a lot of experience from different places the first one was Halau Aulani in Virginia when we lived in Maryland. So I was driving down to Virginia every weekend. And then when we moved to Washington State, I found Ula Halau Okeala Akua Naniloa Mana'o Akamai. And I really like their style. Very rich. She's a very, very, very good kumuhula. And I uh, took inspiration from that. Uh, I also was with Polynesian Dance Group in. Uh, Blue Springs, Missouri, 
I've gotten influence from all the different places, and I've taken that into how I teach today. When I came here, I didn't look right away because we weren't sure if we were going to stay in Alabama. And I found a Hawaiian studio, uh, Kumuhula, which is a master teacher here in Madison. But it wasn't what I was looking for because it was strictly Hawaiian hula. And I needed to do what I'd always done, which was a little bit of Hawaiian, some Tahitian, some Maori dancing. And then in 2019, I had a stroke. I had no residual effects from the stroke itself. But in October of the same year, I had surgery to remove the tumor that caused the stroke. And, um, and then a month later, my father passed. And then I thought, you know what? This is what I want to do. Was, as part of my recovery, I want to dance again. I want to do this. And I thought, what better way to get exactly what I want than to open up a studio? It, it, you know, it seems like a hobby on acid because, you know, you don't usually open up a studio if you're just having a weekend hobby. But I thought, this is, this is the way I'm going to do this seriously. And um, it took a lot of thought. My husband and I discussed it. And he said, do it. Clearly, this place is special to you. When I came in, you called it your home. Can you describe sort of what somebody would see if they walked into your studio? I'm seeing a lot of warm colors like oranges, yellows, reds, and three headdresses that are beautiful right right behind the desk the, as soon as you walk in. All of, well, most of what we use, my mother and I, throughout the years has been transferred from California to here. I have all these records. <laughs> Right behind us. <laughs> I'm seeing a Kodak Hula show, Tahiti dances. They're actually old vinyls, and I think they still work. But I just like that, the variety of pictures. Um, a lot of our costumes, um, ukuleles, my father's guitar, and pictures. It started out with pictures of my mom and me and our old group. And I told the ladies when they joined, once we start, Taking more pictures, those old pictures are going to transfer out, and your pictures are going to go up there because that's who should be up there. And most of the pictures now are of them. So you've told me before that you don't really perform in public spaces uh, with with these lovely ladies here um, because you don't want it to... I don't want to put words in your mouth. What what purpose is there behind that? What reasoning is there behind that? I don't want to seem like we are... It's not elitist or snobby to say, well, I'd rather be invited somewhere. I just don't want to be overexposed, just like, you know, oh, I don't want people to think that we'd go to an opening of an envelope. I want it to be um, appropriate if it's, especially this month, it's May, um, Asian Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Um, We just performed last night, as a matter of fact, for uh, Whitesburg Elementary School. Um, I want it to be appropriate for the occasion. Um, and, and we do get invited to like parties if they're having luau's and whatnot. But, you know, I wouldn't show up to a, the opening of a car wash, I guess. You don't want to cheapen the culture. Yes, absolutely. And the thing is that, and I've told the ladies here, a lot of us are Filipino. Um, and Jackie is the most Hawaiian we have here. She is, you know, you could consider her Hawaiian. She's the kind. We have a lot more to prove because we're not all Hawaiian, not Tahitian, not Samoan, not Tongan. And so it's really important for me in my research and putting together choreography and listening to the music that we stay authentic to 
what the context is and how we're dancing to make sure that we're doing it properly and not just, you know, throwing on costumes. Even the costumes takes a lot of research, too, because I want to be sure that I'm not putting together things just because they look good. I want it to be as authentic as possible. Do you translate your dance into any sort of competition? or I have been to one competition when I used to dance with my mom. We were in one, but we were more small time. We don't have any live musicians, I'll just be honest. We don't have live musicians. We don't have any drummers. It's not like I'm not looking for any who are interested out there who play wink, duet. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> who play duet at Tete in, in Pahu. Please call me. Um, we were invited to a Heiva, which is sort of a competition in New York City. I got this random email because they'd seen my name somewhere, and I we're just not ready, and I'm not going to put them through that. If somebody hears this and they think, I might be interested in Polynesian dancing, what do they need to consider first before they come here and, and join your dancers? Please first text me, 256-654-5799. There is a chance that class might be canceled for whatever reason. The other important thing to consider is we follow Madison City School's schedule, calendar year, so when they have fall break, we also have fall break because a lot of um, my students do have children who are in the school system, and they want their, t- their breaks together. You just have to be willing. I give my cards out. I'm, I'm not... I always tease, you know, come see me, come see me. And then after that, it has to be on the person who wants to come here. You have to really want to do it because I'm not the type who will constantly text you to to bring you back. You have to want to do it. You have to want to have fun. And when you come here, I tell them, dress comfortably, and I have a lot of water, and just open your mind. And after that, if you want to join, great. If you don't want to join, great, but at least you can say you've tried it and, yes, I like it, or, you know, it's not my cup of tea. We can still be friends. That's my, that's always my line. We can still be friends whether you decide to stay or not. I also wanted you to talk about maybe a story behind a certain costume that you have a major preference for or something that you or your dancers wear whenever you do perform in public or some of the objects that they use in the dance. We do all kinds of things because we do Hawaiian, Tahitian, and and, um, also dances from Aotearoa, New Zealand. I have a lot of favorites. Um, One of of my more favorite dances is called Uhe Uhene, where it's a Hawaiian hula awana, where they use uli ulis, which are like, um, the best way to describe them are maracas with feathers on the other end, along with pu'ilis, which are split bamboo and an ipu, which is a carved-out gourd. And when you hit the bottom, it makes noise. And they use all three implements in that particular dance. Um, the reason why I like it so much is because when I was ambitiously trying to teach them, they kept saying, no, we're not going to get it. And I said, yes, you will. <laughs> you don't have a choice. Um, you'll get it. And it was just practice. And now they can confidently do it. And when I see the light in their eyes, just the same with my kids when they were able to understand something, when I see that light twinkle, that warms my heart because then I think I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm actually teaching something and they're getting it because there are many times when I have doubts about my ability. I think, am I doing the right thing? 
And there are some times when I go home and I think, I, I really shouldn't be doing this. I don't know as much as other kumus or other teachers. And then I somehow snap out of it and think, you know, give yourself some credit. You do know a lot. When, when I sit back and look at my notes from 100 years ago when we used to write things with pen and, and put it on paper, why, why shouldn't you do it? This is what you love. You can do it. So I have those moments of where I'm a little bit unsure. But... Um, they got that dance. It's a little complicated, a lot of steps. Of course, the Tahitian, any Tahitian outfits are, are very nice because that's always really exciting. The grass skirts, in quotes, grass skirts, um, they're actually out of more. It's uh, like tree bark that's been pounded down. And so when when they're split or uh, like kind of like combed through, they become the skirts. Um, everybody is always excited when they see that. And that's what makes me excited when I see the uh, audience's faces. Oh, you hear audible gasps. If you had to describe Polynesian dance in just a few words, what would you, what would you say, CeeLo? Oh, my gosh. I don't know if I could possibly do that without getting in trouble <laughs> because, because I can't just do it in a few words. Um, it's love. It's life. It's continuation appreciation, gratitude, because a lot of these songs, uh, not just Tahitian, Hawaiian in particular, um, a lot of these songs are very, very, very old. I've told my students in particular what we, uh, what's called um, hula kahiko, which are the ancient, to, you know, to quote a cliche, you know, that it's the ancient style. I said, if you look up this song, Ho'opoka Ekala Makahikina, if you look that up on YouTube, you can find hundreds of versions of the same song done in different styles, but the words are always the same. That's how old these songs are. They don't change the words. They just change the style a little bit, bring it up to speed, you know, to the current day. But I said, so you have to be as authentic as possible. And, and you know, you have uh, creative liberty to choreograph things, but still try to be authentic to what the context is. Keep it up to date as you were talking about. Yes, absolutely. We've tweaked it many times. Oh, I, I, I have because there are times when we've come in and, I, and I've said, okay, we're going to do it this way. And then the next week everybody's practiced. And I'll say, you know what? I was thinking. When they hear, well, I was thinking, you can hear the groans. Oh, gosh, he was thinking again because I'll change something. I'll say, it just doesn't seem right. So let's change it just a teeny bit, you know, and, and try this and then wash rinse, repeat. And a couple of weeks later, I'll change it again, just until we get that right. When the feeling's right, then then you know. And by the way, I just want to point out, uh, the title Kumuhula is, is very, very, um, to me, is very sacred. Uh, Kumuhula, uh, Kumu means teacher in Hawaiian. Kumuhula is teacher of Hawaiian. And the, that's a that's a huge responsibility, and it's um, it's not something one should give oneself. Usually, there's rigorous testing and years and years of learning uh, to be kumuhula. And I just want to point out, I am not a kumuhula. I'm just a teacher, and I am willing to admit that I am not there. I'm about down here, but kumuhula is up here, and that's a really big deal. What what, what would it mean to you to reach that? sort of crux of your teaching years oh my gosh 
that would be the the ultimate. But I, I don't think I'm even halfway there. There's still so much to learn and develop and research, and there's a lot. And I have to say I'm probably equally as good a student as I am a teacher because at least I've passed down some some knowledge to my students. I can't say that I would know because I'm not quite there yet. And is there anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap it up, Cielo? Oh, I so appreciate you um, being interested in our studio. And if there's anyone out there, come and see us. No, no strings attached. Come and try a class. Before you say you don't want to do it, try it. And if it really isn't your cup of tea, like I said earlier, we can still be friends. <laughs> Aloha. Mahalo in Hawaiian. That means um, thank you. And maruru in Tahitian. Thank you.